If you're like us, you love golf and have dreamt of building a profitable business in the golf industry. But you also see huge issues starting to emerge. Like, why are more and more golf courses closing down around the country? Or why do you need to stitch together dozens of different software platforms just to run your business? Or even, how dumb is it that technology is designed to make my life and business easier, yet I'm consistently trying to figure it out on my own? These are some of the glaring questions that golf course owners face today. Here we will show you how others in the golf industry are fighting back against the shrinking golf landscape. Follow this podcast as we expose the shocking methods successful club and course owners are using to grow a profitable business. My name is Ryan Peterson and welcome to Golf Business Secrets Radio. All right, welcome back everyone to Golf Business Secrets Radio. Very excited today to have on Dustin Volk over at Valley View Golf Course up uh, over here in Utah, over in East Layton. And Dustin has a lot of cool things happening at his course. And, you know, this is what a mix of a case study and a podcast episode, if you will, because we are really excited to dive into what Dustin's doing and how they're doing it over there. So, uh, Dustin, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, what you do, where you're from, and a little background about yourself. Yeah, okay, perfect. Thanks for having me on. So, yeah, like you said, Dustin Volk, I'm the head golf professional at Valley View Golf Course in Layton, Utah. I've been a what a PGA member now for about 12, 13 years. I've been in the golf business my whole life. My dad ran the golf course up at Hillfield on the base, so got a lot of history in the game and played the game my whole life. Played uh, played for Weber State and played professionally uh, my whole career. So love the game of golf. It's been good to me. And I've got a great job, great facility I work at, and uh, we're just with this uh, crazy times. We're just booming right now with uh, COVID-19 has revolutionized golf a little bit and kind of helping us out. So I'm actually the current president of the Utah Section PGA, so I'm quite involved in a lot of aspects of the golf industry in Utah. Pretty busy guy, but love my job. Yeah. the I know that uh... – COVID-19 really changed things in the golf industry. And, and in a lot of cases, you know, there's been a lot of good that's come out of it, at least for the golf industry. I hate to say, you know, that there's been good come out of anything from such a thing as COVID-19, but at least on a business standpoint in the golf industry, I know some courses are thriving. There are still some that are, are shut down or not able to open and, and maybe aren't doing as well, which, which is tough. And, you know, so I'm not not going to pretend that it's great all around, but I know in in your case and some other courses we've talked to, things have been going well, especially people getting out. So uh, excited to have you here. But well, so <clears throat> I know you're using uh, Four Up software. That's one of the ways that we got connected and we got uh, really introduced is because of your association with Four Up. What uh, what software were you using before? If it was a software, or what were you doing before Four Up? Yeah, I mean, just a real quick overview of my career. So when I first got in the golf business, we were paper, pencil, T-sheet, uh, old school way, just a credit card brick to run credit cards. And sometime in 90, so no, not 90, probably about 2005, 6, 7, we started exploring uh, golf software. I was an assistant pro down at Davis Park down the road, and we, we went with Easy Links in 2008. 
and that was our first golf software company. And we were with them until I want to say about five years ago when we switched to four up. So they were our first and you guys are our second. So, <laughs> well, great. We're, we're excited to, uh, you know, to have been your second golf software. And, and I'm assuming there's maybe a reason you came to four up instead of sticking with easy links. Not that you have to not looking to bash easy links, you know, but, uh, what, what maybe made you look our way? Well, I think, uh, one, we, it was very appealing that you're a local company, Utah based. Uh, we have some relationships, uh, kind of known Evan a little bit on and off. Yeah. I remember him coming to me when you guys, when four up first started, I don't probably 10, 12 years ago, right after you guys just kind of got going. And, Probably the main one, a couple of the biggest reasons we probably switched was the speed and the interaction of the transaction at the counter. So Easy Links, uh, it was pretty slow. I really loved a lot of functionality of their T sheet, allowed a lot of control, blocking times, uh, reserve, you know, setting up a whole block of areas for only 18 specific. There was some really good functionality there, but actually the the transaction time, customer walking up and selecting the fee and trying to process it was pretty slow. And then price too. I mean, we were in a trade program with them and looking at what they were getting in trade versus, you know, (laughs) what we really felt like we were getting in the software was a little out balance. So, um, we switched, that was the big, big two reasons to switch the four up. Well, I, uh, I've heard a lot of similar things. Uh, you know, we're, we're real excited to have you as a, as a client. I know four up is, um, now just switching gears a little bit, we're, we're going to come back to this a little bit, but I know, uh, prior to COVID-19 things were run a little differently with, uh, golf courses, you know, I mean, previous years before golf software, things were ran differently, but now with COVID-19, you're, I'm, from what I am understanding, you're seeing things run a lot differently at your course currently. What what changes were made from before and after or before and during, I should say, COVID-19 at your course? Well, you know, I'll kind of even back up again, even prior to the golf software. So, you know, in my industry or at my facilities at Davis Park at the time specifically, we were paper pencil. We had a challenge of customers calling in and reserving prime times and and coming in not fully utilizing the reservation. You know, prime example, got customer booking a Saturday morning at nine o'clock for a foursome for 18 holes walking in saying, oh, I only have two and we want to play just nine. Well, so that was one of the big reasons. Matter of fact, I gave my PGA presentation on the value of moving to electronic software because now we started capturing more information. We would capture an email, we would capture a phone number, and just moving us to hey, trying to get the customer to have some ownership in that reservation. I believe that it did work and it, it kind of helped us, but it still has never moved us to a point where we completely eliminated no-shows or underbookings or like the term I'd like to use is just the customer not utilizing what they reserved. So with what's happened with COVID-19 is that the end, when this all hit in March, 
some of the very first parameters for us here in the Davis County area and working with our health department was like, look, you can keep your golf course open. Social distancing will work, but we want you to close your shop. We don't want interactions with customers. We need to eliminate touching points. So we shut down the last week of March to put a bunch of things in place and dove into the software, working with your support team and and our knowledge of the software. We went in and clicked the buttons to say require payment at at purchase, at, at booking which it's never happened in, in the golf industry in Utah, for sure, that no one has, no no customer has ever been required to prepay for a tee time. Yeah. And so that's the button, that's what we turned on. And we needed, in order to do that, though, there were some challenge challenges we have. The first challenge is that our fee structure now, I, in four ups terms, they are price classes. Well, I think I have 15 to 16 different price classes. Well, your software and probably any others, just like you're going to go get a ticket at a movie theater, doesn't allow for, oh, well, I want to select a junior or a senior or a park view pass or all these different price classes that a course can have. When you narrow it in and say, okay, you got to pay online – you had, we had to narrow it into one price class. You can't allow multiple price classes. So that's the first thing we had to really address was well, we're gonna, we, we adjusted our fee. We created a price class called COVID-19, one so we could track it, mm-hmm. and turned that on and said, okay, everybody, now we're not really distinguishing between a senior and a regular. It's golf is this price at this time, and come play. So, well, with what's happened and, you know, a lot of people now out of work or working from home and the ease of booking a reservation we saw in April just, well, it was just, it was just amazing. Pro shop closed. My driving range was closed. We lost some revenue there, but Mm -hmm. rounds in April were the highest ever recorded. We. But the highest I've ever that I have on my record going back twelve, fourteen years was in two thousand and twelve we did just about seventy two hundred nine hole rounds. Yeah. Utah we tracked nine hole rounds. We did ninety eight hundred this April. No way. In month of April alone. Yeah. Month of April alone, nine thousand eight hundred nine hole rounds. Wow. So all of that prepaid, pre booked, online ahead of time. Uh, customers just showed up. We kind of hollered out our window. Okay, you're the Johnson Group. Okay, we'll call you up. Oh, did you pay for cards? Because we could look at the reservation. Okay, next two, you're the next group up. Call them up. It was the. <laughs> I was just telling somebody this this morning that it was the most interesting month of my career. I've never seen the golf course so busy, so work so efficient. Mm-hmm. There was zero no-shows, everybody on time. We actually spaced the tee times out. We'd always been set at a nine-minute pace, and we moved it to tens. The pace of play was wonderful. Most every day, it was two hours. I remember I went out and played one Saturday afternoon in a fivesome, which we don't recommend or ever do. I just got talked into it. We played in an hour and 50 minutes for nine holes, teeing off at 12 o'clock Saturday, and every tee time was full that day. For a fivesome. for a fivesome. We, and we never waited a shot and the group behind us, which was part of our party, they never waited on us. And it's 
to be able to tell the customer, hey, look, if you promise me or guarantee you'll pay in advance, I'll space out my tea times and then give you an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what has happened so far this, this season or this last month and into this month of May. So for us, we opened the pro shop back up here uh, the end of May, you know, the the 2nd of May, the state of Utah is kind of softening some of these restrictions, but we've been telling customers, no, we still, we only have four people in the shop at a time and we're still pushing online prepaid. We're going to, we're not going backwards. Mm -hmm. We don't want to go back to where, you know, a guy can just, you know, block a prime reservation without any stake in the game. And then we just cross our fingers and hope he shows up and comes. Yeah. So with the help of a four up software and, and even an easy links or whatever that golf. And I, I was like, well, you and I were talking a minute ago, golf software companies are relatively young. And this notion that we need to pay for a reservation has not been on the customer's minds. They haven't, they, they've been spoiled. That's the way, that's the word I want to use. Yeah. I love our customers and I appreciate their business, but they've been spoiled. They, they've owned the reservation. And in all reality, it's, I own it. It's my inventory. Those every single tea time is my inventory. And when, when a time comes and goes, it's gone. Yep. And you never have a chance to get it back. And so if we haven't put the ownership back on the customer saying, look, you want 9 o'clock Saturday morning and you want to force them and you want to ride, well, you need to pay for that because I can sell that tea time to 10 different people. Oh, yeah. Every week. Every week. And so it's going to be a big learning curve. Well, well, once again, they've already learned it. Our customers are proving that they can do it. Um, so our challenge is, is working with you know a company like yourself. I mean, we're with Four Up, and how do we reprogram or redesign our business models now going forward? With okay, do we eliminate all these different price classes? I think that has to happen. Mm-hmm. We need to be more. The term is what is it? Dynamic pricing, where yep. golf is just priced based on time of day, day of the week, and. And, and just like we kind of get in the movie theaters or like you get in the airline industry, you know, if you want to fly, if you want to, if you need to come home on the weekend in an airline, it's usually a higher price ticket. Oh, yeah. You can't avoid it. So maybe talking too much. No, but, no, not at all. Uh, this is some great information. Um, yeah. I, I mean, going back to just this, this month of April real quick, how many no-shows did you see in April? Well, very, very few. Um, to be honest, I'm actually, I'm sitting here at my computer and I can even, uh, pull up a couple of numbers. I know for one, one thing for sure is I ran a report last year's April was pretty rough weather and everyone can admit to that. And so it's kind of a little bit skewed, but I know I ran a report one week and looked at a, a specific week last year in April and compared it to this year. I had 140 no shows that week, that week alone. That week alone, this and then comparing it to this same week, I had like seven. Wow, that's just so, incredible. And and I know I was talking to I had my brother in law in town this last weekend, and we and I was tell, I was explaining him this success and showing him some things. I started cherry picking some just dates, and it's like okay, I looked at the Saturday before Mother's Day last year. I had fifty six no shows. This year, one. <laughs> hmm. 
And I did that numerous different dates. And I have now the data to go back to my, you know, Valley View is owned by Davis County. We're, we're a county-owned municipal. I have the data now to prove we should not ever go back to making a customer, letting a customer book a reservation without putting something up front. Oh, yeah. Because it just shows um, – I have the data now and the numbers to show that no-shows are at virtually gone. So – that's incredible. I I know when, uh, you know, I spent, like I mentioned before we got on this, I spent a little time just as a, a caddy at a golf course. And we saw quite a few no-shows on some of those prime times. And to really eliminate, almost virtually eliminate that, that's impressive. Yeah. And, and you know, and you, interesting that you say that, that you, you don't – you realize just like that, even though we don't have a caddy program, but what happened to you as a caddy when that no show happened, you, you were out the loop, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's gone. You were supposed to maybe be there scheduled for it. You're out. Same happens here at a public facility. No caddy. I mean, I'm out the cart revenue. Mm-hmm. I'm out the possible range revenue, the cafe revenue that possibly could have come in and a, and a possible pro shop sale. Yeah. And when you look at a T sheet and your ten minute spacings, there's only so many times in a day. It's and the customer I think, you know, the Utah customer's just been like I said, spoiled maybe a little bit or just doesn't really understand that hey, when eight o'clock comes and goes on a Saturday morning, July tenth or whatever, or July May ninth, oh, yeah. it's gone. After it's gone. And you never get it back for the rest of the year, that specific that tea time that day at that time. Yeah. And I've kind of, I've kind of turned to thinking of it as kind of inventory or thinking of it as a, like shrinkage. It's like that time's inventory. And to maximize that inventory and utilization, I need, I, I needed somebody to commit and pay for it up front. Oh yeah. That, that tea time is a, is a product and your, your food and beverage sales, your, your pro shop sales, all that are upsells if you look at it, you know, on a That's business right. stance. And so if you're, if you're not getting people to pay for that initial product, you're definitely not going to get any upsells. You're, you're, you've said it exactly right. You couldn't say it any better. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. And there's a value to that product every single, every single 10 minutes here. Yeah. And so I'm hoping, you know, I got my fingers crossed that most of the customers here, you know, I've talked to a lot and a lot of people really, really like it. Now you get a few guys in here. Oh yeah. Me and my buddies, we all hate it. You know, I'm tired of having to bring him cash. I'm like, well, <laughs> explain to where I have a problem with that. If my tea time is almost full and everybody else is willing to put money up front, I, I don't want to sound like I don't care about you, you know, certain customer, yeah. but figure out how to do it. Venmo, electronic transfer of money anymore with a bank account. I can transfer funds to my dad or to my daughter in two clicks on my cell oh, phone yeah. now. You can't, like you had mentioned before, you can't go to a movie and and book those tickets uh, without paying for them. That's right. I mean, I have to so, pay for all okay. those tickets online before I even show up. It's a common yeah. practice in every industry. Golf is just a little slow sometimes. We're just exactly, you're exactly right. We're just slow. And the COVID-19 effect, hopefully in the golf industry in Utah, I've talked to several of our golf pros. I've been on 
two or three big conference calls where we've all been chiming in. And I'm just from Hobble Creek. I know Hobble Creek's a four-up company. Bountiful Ridge is a four-up company right up here. My neighbor at Sun Hills, Davis Park, we're all like, uh, we're not going backwards. Yeah. Oh, we're, yeah. We're, we, we can't. We can't afford to. We finally... We finally got the controls. We finally are steering the ship the way we want. Why would we turn around and let go of the wheel again? Yeah. So. Oh man, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad to hear that there's some uh, positive things that have come out of COVID nineteen, especially in the golf industry. I mean, it's it's great to see the industry as a whole slowly, or you could say rapidly, transitioning into the future. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. And and a situation like this has just accelerated that for us. I've been talking about it for the last seven or eight. I mean, I've been the head pro now. I'm going into my ninth season here at Valley View. So nine years, this will be my ninth season. And, and every year I go into my budget presentation with the county, this conversation kind of comes up in its terms of inefficiencies. How do we, how do you work on your inefficiencies? How do you maximize? And it's always turns back to the T sheet. It's the no shows. It's 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 trying to get the customer to have ownership in their reservation and helping us out. You know, and you go and you sit next to a county commissioner or an auditor, they're just looking they want to just look at the numbers. They don't care that it's a I've got a customer service problem when all of a sudden I turn the switch to something like this that we've just now done. Yeah. Um and luckily a, an outside it issue COVID-19 was able to turn that switch for us and we get to blame it on it for a while. And then now the customer is slowly used to it. We don't get, hopefully we're now just looking forward, never looking back in the mirror. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure that's going to be the case. I, I can't imagine it changing, especially if you're not going to change it at your course, you're never going to be looking back, you know, you know, so, yeah. well, that's great. Did you start implementing uh, you know, the online payments beginning of April, or do you know, do you remember when you started implementing that? Yeah. So, I mean, if I kind of look real quick back at the T sheets, so like I said, we closed down, I want to say it was March 23rd with, with a reopen date of March 27th. We might, I'm kind of clicking on my T sheet right now to see if we had times 28th. We had no times. Uh, yeah, so I think on Sunday the 29th, I'm looking at everything started being prepaid, pre-booked, March 29th. Wow, and then you just just blew April out of the water for yep. uh, yeah, we just, numbers. Yeah, the weather was awesome for us. I know they said Utah is the driest April in history. Well, dry Aprils are awesome for the golf business. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's not great for the water watchers, but for the golf business, dry springs are very, very beneficial. Last year, hey, we took it on the chin last year. It was the yeah. second wettest April in Utah history. So, hey, it was our turn to get a dry one. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll <laughs> take the change. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, back to that original question. So it was, yeah, right at the end of March, we turned the switch on to making everybody prepay and boom, here we've gone so, for a month. So you switched on prepaid end of March. April was amazing. Are you having uh, golfers, impl- you know, using cards on file or, you know, how did you push your customers to use the new features? Yeah. So about mid, I want to say it was a week or two in upgrade 
and created the card on file. And we started to really just push that so much for our men's association. To give you a little bit of background there, our men's league here at Valley View, I'd put it up with the biggest and best in the state of Utah. I think I'm at 350-something paid members already. Wow. Um, and we play every Tuesdays, the men's day, and then we have one Saturday uh, tournament a month, an 18-hole Saturday tournament. We broke records across the board. We had just yesterday alone, we had uh, 309 hole scores put in yesterday, and we had we had over 300 last week, uh, and that's just where it's it's gone crazy. My last Saturday tournament, we just had a couple weeks ago. Uh, no, no, just last Saturday, we had 180 participants in that tournament alone. Years past, we would have taken a, 140 was a max, a high. So we're 40 more players ever than our max. Wow. So to tie back into the credit card on the credit card on file is we started in, with April and the shop was closed. We were telling guys, hey, look, call us, put your card on file, and then all you got to do is call in and say, okay, I'm here, check me in for my green fee card and then tournament entry fee. So we've really just pushed that to our men's association members. All the other regular customers, there's, you know, they're not doing much, you know, they're just paying for green fees and cards. And uh, so for the whole month of April, that's what we really, really pushed for was our men's guys. And, and it's and it's worked really well. A couple of challenges that we've run into. Well, one, the, the software, and I have talked to support a little bit about this, but there for a while, you could see a little credit card by their name mm-hmm. and it went away. So I don't know if that maybe it was a PCI compliant thing or I haven't gotten an answer back from anybody in support to find out. And that was really handy because you knew, oh, okay, yeah, this guy does have a card on file. You didn't have to ask him. Mm-hmm. It's gone away now. And I'd like to figure out if we could, if it, if we could get it back. I, but that was a very helpful feature because then as you just process through, you go, oh, and then you could see their name and read, okay, American Express, last four, zero, zero, two, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yep, that's my card processed up. So really super handy. Well, I'll have to reach out to the guys over there at four up and, uh, and see what they can do about that. Cause yeah. I want to help you out best I can. Yeah. That, that, that's been, that, that was one little, that was really a nice feature kind of went away the last couple of weeks, kind of figuring out. And then only really on there, it's a little bit of a concern, not a huge, super complaint. I've been working with Trevor, is on occasion, and we've kind of narrowed it down to we think a lot of it's user error. But I've been getting a few customers getting double charge booking online, and we can, we've kind of narrowed it in that they kind of hit the refresh button or go back when they've already put their card in. And yeah. I don't see it on my end at all. Um, I see that they're just their regular charge and world pay it's something to do with credit card processing and back and forth but uh, trevor and the support team's kind of on it and they're trying to figure out how they can close those close those loopholes that's created a little bit of angst but most customers are real good about it and i can go right in and just oh yep there's that extra like i said in a month i've maybe had seven or eight that sounds like a lot but we're talking i've had (laughs) thousands of transactions too so i'm not I'm not like overly beating it up, not overly worried about it. Um, we've been able to catch pretty much all of them and fix it. But there's there is some weird, you know, hiccup there, and I don't even know. It's 
how, how to even really explain, but most of it sounds like it's customers get halfway through the charge and then try to back out of it and it charges. It's like, come on, people, just get in, commit, and get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so. Well, I mean, you know, stuff like that usually works itself out with the dev team. They're, they're amazing. They'll, they'll definitely figure sure. it out if it's on yeah. this end. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's user error. I know I've refreshed a page before and been charged twice and, yeah, it's a, for sure. a common thing. But, you know. Well, you know, like I said, is if we're all new to this, and even you guys are new, mm-hmm. and so it's not like, okay, yeah, well, okay, there's a concern here. Okay, you know, yeah, it's happened only six or seven times in, you know, 5,000 charges or yeah. 10,000 charges, but we should make, you know, our goal should be that never happened. Oh, and yeah. as we all evolve, we'll find out, oh, yep, this was the, this is how we make that so it never happens. So. Oh, yeah, smooth, smooth uh, transactions what you want. Absolutely. Well, so, okay. So, was there a really a positive response from your customers having to book online, or was it was it mostly uh, positive, or was there some negative responses? How'd you handle those if there were any negative? So, I would say that most responses have been positive. Uh, I think most customers were one just grateful that golf courses were open, so that was kind of that kind of played into it and helped us, you know, cause they were hearing, you know, there was courses in Salt Lake County, Salt Lake city closed. Some were not sending carts. We were open with a lot of parameters in place and disinfecting carts. So I think most were just willing to, Hey, they're open. We'll jump through whatever hoop we can. The complaints would come from, and it ties back into what I was telling you earlier about different price classes. So people with like a Utah section PGA book or a, Wasatch Savings Guide or an old yeah. punch ticket that we used to sell, not being able to utilize their pass or discount. And, and as though those kind of people are the ones that I've had to have a conversation, you know, that's where the conversation, well, I, you, you, I remember one guy, he was trying to explain, well, I got the PGA book and, and you're, and you're hosing me out of four bucks every time I come because I should be able to use this book. And I'm like, you gotta understand, bro. We're not even, the shop's not open. I can't redeem your book. I can't verify that you have it. Yeah. And so that in itself has been where the complaints been. I don't think not one customer has ever complained that, Oh, I got to pay up front. I mean, really, I think they, a lot of them realize that most of the complaints, like I said, has just been because they felt like they should get a different rate than what we were offering. And, but like I said, we've been able to iron through most of those. We still got some challenges now that even the shop's open, we're getting that customer. We're trying to accept those books, but mm-hmm. we're trying to tell them, call in, we'll reserve you, but you got to pay for it online. So we got to kind of limp through this year. I've kind of, that's been the term I've been get, get through. Cause next year we're going to come out and get rid of all that stuff. Yeah. So it's not, a lot of it is on a one year renewal, like the Utah PGA book. I'm a big supporter of it, president of the Utah section, mm-hmm. but I'm going to change my offer in there to something that, you know, it's a, it, they can still go out online and pay for my regular green fee. Maybe my idea is they go in and they buy my regular green fee and then they can come in, they bring their book in. I'll give them a free card and they can do that like six times. Yeah. Instead of having some price class that it's okay, green fee and card. And it's like, so there's ways around, there's ways that we've been already trying to brainstorm and get around these. I call them at the counter redemption 
programs. That's probably the best best word to use. And that's the tough part with you know software with you guys. You, I mean, you can't you can't build every angle to to use every single program. The simplest would be, and it would actually simplify things for us, is that we need to shrink down that price class option. I, I got I had an employee, a, a gal that I hired from California came here, and we're talking about price classes, and she came and she started, oh yeah, I, and it's a course I don't even remember, but it was a four up uh, course, and I'm like, oh, I'm hiring you, yeah, you know, four up software. <laughs> Her very first day, she's like, why do you have so many different fees? I don't know. She was pretty nervous. And I'm like, well, how many do you have in California? We had one, and it just changed different times a day. So I'm like, oh, see, other places are already doing yeah. it. This was a couple of years ago. So yeah, for us in Utah, that's what we get to do. We get to hit the reset button a little bit at the end of this year and really evaluate, you know, all those price classes. Try to and, and basically do our best to eliminate that check-in at the counter. Yeah, that's great because I know. I mean, if you think about the different price classes you have, you could look at them, you know, as different SKU numbers at a business and it's harder to scale, you know, when you have tons and tons of SKUs, but if you simplify things, it's easier to scale. It's easier to move, get some dynamic pricing going. I I think you're onto something there with, with making that type of change, especially next year. Yeah. And I hope a lot of our local other courses come on board. Uh, If, if most in Utah were doing it, then it wouldn't seem so bad that one or two of us were just kind of standing out there and doing it on our own. So I know not everybody's going to, but it would be ideal that a large majority move to, hey, you want to book a tea time, you're paying for it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Up front. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, so <clears throat> I know we've talked about a lot here, but just kind of to, to finish up, what are the general feelings that uh, you and maybe the other staff have had about the changes you've implemented, especially with the online booking? I mean, is everyone else on the staff pretty, uh, pretty on board with it? You know, I think so. Uh, it, it's, it's trying to teach old dogs new tricks sometimes. You know, I've got some staff that have been here a long time and trying to break them out of, oh, okay, let me just put Johnson down for four. That's been a little bit of a challenge because mm-hmm. – no, I remember one day just last week, one of my younger kids, I, I, I had a guy come in that I've known for years, and he's like, hey, uh, I got 12 guys. Will you just put me down at noon tomorrow? And he did. <laughs> the employee did. And I I have to call him in and say, hey, look, you know, everybody else is prepaying. Mm-hmm. And I even called the customer in, and I sat and visited with him, and I tried to explain. And you know what he finally said to me? He's like, well, I don't want to be liable if they don't come. <laughs> and I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're put so I'm on the hook for it. Yeah, yep. And it finally kind of clicked. He's like, "Well, I just you know," and so it's just old school, old ways, and it's going to be tough to break some of them. And all of my staff's fine with it. They like the the ease of running the counter because now you're not worried about oh, oh, did I get you? Oh, I didn't charge you the senior rate. Let me void that out and start over. And there's just all that. I don't want to call it bad interaction, mm-hmm. but there's just that communication at the check-in process. And there's just t- too many too many variables, too many things could go wrong. Not getting a cart fee, not, you know, just because hum- generally speaking, I don't think we communicate very well. I, I think, especially in the technology age, oh, yeah. everyone just wants to text or email. Nobody can, 
nobody picks up the phone and sits and talks to anybody anymore. Yeah. And so, and I've been watching it for years, you know, the interaction at the counter. And so I think that uh, it's the end of the day, I think it's going to make it a better, easier job for a starter or a front counter guy to work. Cause he's just gets to now kind of be nice and polite customer service. Okay. Try to upsell some product range golf balls, but he's not got to worry about the check-in of the whole group for the tea time. Yep. And we could maybe take that energy and focus it on different things, you know, making sure simplest things like the shop straightened and <laughs> well, our customer service can be friendly. One challenge we are getting though, is that the phone's ringing off the hook. Now, is that still because of COVID-19 and we're just busy, but you know, there, I still think there's a lot of customers out there that think, well, I'll just call, I'll just call them and they'll still book me a tea time. I don't want to go through the online. Yeah. Well, we're answering that a ton. So staff's really likes it, but the phone also rings like crazy. I mean, <laughs> so if that's your only, the only problem you have, I think you're doing pretty well. So what, one other little issue that we've had, and just to share it for this conversation is once again, educating the customer. Also, you know, we noticed that in April, guys were, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll book for four. And they're all of a sudden got this word, this notion that, well, if they show up and a buddy didn't cancel, well, they'll just refund it. And early on, we were just grateful we were open, trying to be super accommodating mm-hmm. for everybody. And we started seeing there was getting to be a pattern. Guys were coming in, oh, yeah, buddy couldn't come. Uh, I was told you just refund my money. Well, we starting in May when we kind of started opening the shop, we had to put some policies in place. It's on their reservation email. Seven yep. percent cancellation fee if you give us any any notice prior to two hours. Inside of two hours, it's twenty five percent, and at tea time, it's no refund. Yeah. And custom once again ties all the way back into what we talked about earlier. <laughs> They've got to have some ownership. And they got to realize well, as soon as they hit submit on a char- on a tea time reservation, I'm getting charged three percent credit card processing fee. And so if I turn around and then got to return something, there goes another three percent. Yeah. So we've now trying to educate the customer. That's on you. If they, if you, if they need to cancel, you're not. I'm not going to lose a credit card processing fee. I'm not going to lose money on you booking and needing to cancel. So that's been. You know, once again, we golf industry has been all about oh, good customer service and make great relationships and be friends. Well, it's you know, it's that's just different telling a guy, okay, yeah, but I'm 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 not returning the full forty four dollars. You're getting forty one dollars and ten cents. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a business. Yeah. I mean, it's a business. Got got to run it like one. And, and I think a lot of our customers that that's exactly right. A lot of golf customers. I don't know. They, I don't know if they see it on that end. You know, they just, oh, I pay this fee and I get to go play golf. They don't realize what it costs to cut the grass, what the pieces of equipment cost to own, and mm-hmm. how, many, how many hours of staffing. Yeah, I just don't, you know, they just don't think of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so hopefully this change can – my biggest goal, and I try to tell people, is, hey, my goal is to try to keep golf affordable for you. And by you prepaying and jumping through now these new hoops that we've designed, it's going to keep golf less expensive for you and more enjoyable. And you can play in two hours for nine holes. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think you're really going to start seeing more enjoyable golf. 
uh, streamlined, you know, uh, payment transactions and uh, happier customers. So, yeah. Well, and I think if you have, if that becomes the overall mission of all this or the end result, then golf's super healthy. Yeah. Golf, golf's been gotten beat up over the last several years or 10, 15 years. Slow play takes too long. I'm not very good. Well, you can, if you can get rid of the take too long, slow play stuff, I personally, and, and the, and the ex- accessibility, meaning that, yeah, it's pretty easy to just get on book a time and I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think customer satisfaction just going to go up and then people won't really care if they're not that good. They get to come out and have a good fun time. They're not here all day and they're willing to come shell out 50 bucks to come do it. Ride a cart and turn a little music on their cart and have some beers if that's the kind of people they are yeah. and have fun. Yeah. You know? Well, that's uh, I mean, it's just incredible what you're doing up there and what you've been able to do, especially those April numbers. That's that's impressive. I, I knew I, I was warned that you had some impressive numbers for the month of April before I got on this call, but I didn't realize that it was going to be that impressive. So it's yeah. just crazy. Well, I, I mean, I uh, you know, revenue, green fees and cart fees were up ninety three thousand dollars from last year. Wow. <laughs> And my rate, my range, I lost thirteen grand on because it was closed, yep. and the shop was down about six, and the cafe did no business. Yeah. <laughs> so I, there, you know, cafe, hopefully that we they can make it up. That's an independent contract I have, so they they should be they should do fine. But uh, yeah, it was it it was crazy. It was just it was like like I said, it was like one of the best months of ever being a golf pro, and it was easy and didn't have a ton of interaction with people and we could get our work done and the course was full. So. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Sounds like a, a, a dream for a golf pro. Well, my final question here, you know, there's a, there's a, everyone's talking, there's a high likelihood that we'll see, you know, more social distancing implemented come fall. And that this could be something we're dealing with for a little while longer, you know, and, I personally don't think that anyone truly has all the answers, but I think that that general feeling is out there. How do you feel you're better prepared for the fall? Well, as I look at it right now, what I would just, you know, kind of like anything else is they've kind of loosened some restrictions. Great. We've been able to do this, this, and this. If they start tightening them back up, then we'll start backing off some of these other things like, okay, maybe the, maybe the driving range will need to reclose again. Mm-hmm. Wasn't very difficult. We just caution taped it off and closed it. Um, if the pro shop has to completely close again, that can, you know, that'll have a you know negative impact on some revenue and some challenges of, you know, like I was telling you earlier, the men's association have been so popular. They got a bunch of money on the book. So mm-hmm. I need them to be able to come in and come shop and come fall. So, but that's just what we'll have to just do what we have to do. You know, I would, I'll always push that. I think we prove that we could stay open through the month of end of March and month of April with the parameters we have in place. I don't think there should be any reason if they roll back some restrictions in the fall that we can't stay open and, go back to how we did things in April. Yeah. So, well, great. And I think that's a reason why we're going to be super slow to change anything that we've been doing. I mean, we've just kind of opened the shop and we've opened the range. Well, we're still, I still don't want tons of people trafficking in and out of here. 
Yeah. I mean, I got signs on the door, four people in the pro shop, no more than 10 in the cafe. And we're trying to get them to still call in ahead of time. My men's league, are call, they're still calling, hey, check me in tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> be nice to just, we'll keep that going. Yeah. I I mean, you, you might as well, because you never know what's going to happen in the fall. And from what it sounds like, your job has been easier implementing those changes. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty stressful just that that first week, you know, because learning you know, curve, learning curve, and 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 being part of the PGA too. I was a little frustrated because there was coming out, there was some real strict guidelines on restaurants, and certain businesses are all listed, and I was kind of it was weird because you had golf courses closing, some staying open, and the golf was like in this weird no man's land. The governor didn't really want to address it. It got addressed on local levels, local communities, local leaders determined what to do with their golf courses. And luckily for us, ours was like, hey, okay, you guys put something in place. We'll let you stay open, and we were able to. Early on, it was kind of hard. It was like some, you know, there was some pros, some should we just close down? And there was some, no. So it it was difficult. It was a tough couple of weeks there, the end of of March for sure. Well, I'm glad you were able to be open and and really – just blow april out of the water that's that's great super fortunate you know it'll it'll make this year you know very very you know look really really good so great well dustin i've really appreciated having you on today well right thanks for taking the time and thanks for everything you guys do at four up so appreciate it Hey everyone, this is Ryan again, and real quick, I want to challenge you to do something that may just change your business. I want you to go to golfbusinesssecrets.com forward slash four up and request a demo of our industry-leading cloud-based all-in-one club and golf course management software. Again, that is golfbusinesssecrets.com forward slash four up. Save thousands of dollars a year by checking us out and joining the four up family.